Welcome to The Catch. A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free. Where each story points to the big story. The message of the cross. Hey everybody, welcome to The Catch. My name's Cheryl. My name is Ryan and today from Nashville, Tennessee, we have Derek Delane on with us. Uh, how you doing, man? And I'm good. Just taking it easy. Hope well. Yes, you are actually the first person we are interviewing that we do not know personally. Yeah, do not know. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the reasons why we started the catch is yes, we want to impact other people's lives, but honestly, this podcast has really helped us. And we always said we want to interview people we don't know. We want to learn from them. Um, and so we we're just excited that you were willing. You don't know us, but yeah. you were willing to jump on and talk with us today. So we're excited no to get to no know doubt. you more. I know that you have a church in um, Nashville called Proclamation Church. How long have you been there? Yeah, so uh, first off, I just want to say thank you for, for inviting me on here. Um, you know, yeah, we don't know each other, and that could be a good thing or bad thing. We'll see once this is both said and done. <laughs> but, uh, but I just want to say thank you. But yeah, we've been in Nashville now for uh, just five months. Um, and so we, we moved here to plant Proclamation Church. Um, and uh, in the middle of COVID, obviously, planting a church is kind of like planting a tree in concrete. Uh, so right. we're just trying to figure that out, how that, how that goes. Uh, but God, is, God has been good to us. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good. Well, that's good. I know one of the first things that we do like to ask on the catch is just to get to know, like, your backstory. So we know that you are planting a church now, but... Did you always grow up in the church? Were you always a Jesus follower? Just tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So I did grow up in the church. Um, I was not always a Jesus follower. So um, when I was eight, I made a profession of faith, right? Um, but my understanding of, of just Jesus and who he was was essentially my get out of hell free card. Um, and so, like, I, I, remember, uh, I remember specifically saying, okay, like, yes, I trust Jesus. But then literally like the next week I got in a fight with this kid and punched him in the face and felt like no remorse whatsoever. And mm -hmm. so like uh, essentially that followed me up all the way up until I was 16 um, to where I would do whatever I wanted to do. But then like, you know, as long as I prayed and asked for forgiveness later on, I was, I was good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it wasn't until I was 16 where, um, man, I was just, obviously it was the spirit just really uh, convicting me, challenging me on, uh, I, my talk was this, but my walk was this, um, and just kind of challenging me in that. Um, and, uh, man, I was sitting in my room and I just started reading the book of Romans and, uh, read Romans six, where it says, do we continue in sin so that grace may abound by no means. And then it continues on to say that, you know, we are no longer slaves to sin, but now slaves to righteousness. And in my mind, I was like, bruh, like I'm still a slave to sin. Like there's nothing about my life that screams slave of righteousness. That I'm that I'm sold out to to Christ, uh, and it was then uh, where I said, God, I'm I'm done playing. Um, I, I want to understand what it means to truly follow you, uh, and it was right then and there uh, that the Lord gripped my heart, um, and I've been on this journey ever since. And that was what 16 years ago now, um, and so God has God has been kind. But yeah, my grand I grew up with my grandmother, and so you know, Granny wasn't playing. We was in church all the time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so you, I mean, you weren't one literally. of those kids who were getting spankings in church, were you? <laughs> yes, of course I was. Oh my gosh, I can I can name you multiple times when I've gotten spanked in church. Yes, <laughs> Granny again was not playing, uh, and it wasn't only Granny that was spanking me; it was the other church mothers too. Like, oh, like yeah, <laughs> hey, Ryan knows a little bit about that. 
That's the whole motherboard to snatch you up, taking turns. Eh? You better get oh, your oh butt back there and sit down. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. But listen, I would I wouldn't be where I'm at, where I am today without without those mothers, man. So uh, right. yeah. So that's that's how that's how we grew up for sure. After you really just committed your life, you said you were 16, right? I was 16. You're 16 mm -hmm. years old. How did your life change after that? Yeah, uh, well, that was interesting because uh, I had to have a lot of conversations with friends, uh, you know, because, man, I used to do just all kinds of just, I was living for myself. And so having to explain to them why I no longer wanted to do those things was was kind of a, I mean, it was great. Like I was evangelizing, but it was so it was so odd because literally like just the week before, you know, we were, you know, just doing whatever. Uh, but the next week I was like, hey, guys, like, yeah, I can't I can't roll up with you guys. Like, I, I got to be over here. If I know if I'm over with you, I know I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm just trying to stay away from that. Well, why is that? Well, I'm following Jesus now. It was like, oh, I'm following Jesus too. And I was like, I was like, all right, cool. So let's talk about what Jesus means outside of just Savior, right? Like, we got to talk about Jesus as Lord as well. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really good conversation I was able to have with them. But um, yeah, that was that was my biggest thing. Um, what what life looked like afterwards was just navigating this realm of Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord, right? And man, that is that is so prevalent in the South, right? Every person you talk to, they can say, oh yeah, you know, I know Jesus. I go to church, you know, Christmas, Easter, or uh, whatever, you know, different occasion. And they will tell you like, yeah, I, like I'm saved. And it's like, yeah, you're saved from your sins probably, but what does it mean for you to surrender to the Lordship of Christ, that he rules every single thing about you, that you do what he says to do, you go where he says to go. What does that look like? Um, and so it was more so understanding what, uh, again, what true surrender to Christ looked like and not just this, this moral obligation that I felt initially, um, in that. And so that's what life kind of looked like for me afterwards. Um, and I would love to say, even in this moment that, you know, my life did a complete 180, right, man, it was so many things I had to, you know, learn, um, that I had to be free from. Um, man, I would, I would fall back into sin, um, uh, from time to time. Um, I mean, I'm still falling into, into sin, um, anger, frustration, pride, you name it. Um, still jumping into those things. Um, but that's, that's sanctification, right? You know, that, right. that theological word of growth, right? This is what it looks like for us to be chiseled and chipped away and for us to look more and more like Jesus. Um, man, that's, that's kind of where, where it was and how it is going right now. I'm so glad you're willing to just even admit that even today, like, I know yeah. that I've fallen short, yeah. you know, and listen, <laughs> I think, to be honest, I think so. One of my favorite stories in um, is Jacob wrestled with God. Uh, mm. And I like it because Jacob, uh, like God, like displaces hit, right? And Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life. It doesn't mean that he didn't meet with God and he didn't know God, right? Like God didn't like right. heal him from that. Like that was an opportunity for him to be like, oh yeah, I met with God. Like I'm sure his grandkids and neighbors and everybody else like, yo, Jacob, what happened? Why are you listening? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, well, I met with God, right? And so now we, as followers of Jesus, man, we have an opportunity to talk about our limps, right? Uh, Paul talks about like, man, there are things that I like, 
that I want to do that I don't do and the things that I like don't do like I, I or that I don't want to do I do and so like there's this there's this realization that we're in this um the the already not yet and what I mean by that like I am already as holy as I'll ever be as sanctified as I'll ever be as loved as I'll ever be because of what Jesus has done for me and like that's solidified that is already however I live in this not yet where it's not yet fully realized so I'm still going to struggle. I'm still going to fall short. I'm still going to limp, right? Uh, right? But it's in my limping that, like, as people see it, it's like, well, let me tell you about God's grace, like, even in the middle of my limp. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's one thing that, you know, we talk about, you know, in our church plant is, man, we need to have a culture of high grace because we're all going to uh, fall short. So a culture of high grace but then a culture of high expectation for holiness too. Like mm-hmm. just because I'm gonna fall short doesn't mean you shouldn't expect me to continue to strive to look like Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're called to a standard. Um, and so we're, we strive for that, but then realizing that man, when we trip up, it's like, all right, Hebrews 12, mm-hmm. go ahead and get back in the race, put them joints back in. You still got a right. race to run, we're following Christ. The prize is won, we know that, but we still pursue it. So yeah, listen, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to preach if you're going to let me. Listen, <laughs> you're doing a great job. I know, right? Hey, man. Hey, don't make me pull out the organ in the back of some of them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but God definitely breaks us down. Like you, I like that chisel that you mm-hmm. said. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he's mm-hmm. forming us into something. Um, yeah. And the way we can, and he made us to be relatable, you know, and it's, yeah. it's not like, you know, everything is going to be, you know, just beautiful, you know, you're just walking mm-hmm. on clouds and, you know, it's not like that. Like you say, he walked with yeah. a limp, you know, after, after God yeah. putting them things to him and, and took that hip out, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, yep. you know, it's, it's a process. So it's it like, is, uh, he it uses is. us to encourage others to keep on moving forward. So, man, that's, yeah, yeah that's amazing, man. No. Yeah, encouraging man, others is God. the big part. It's yeah. just making sure you're with the community that is going to hold you to that standard. You can't just do this by yourself. Right. No, so, there's, there's no such there's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. I do want to kind of ask you now that we're talking a little bit more about church. Um, what led you to really understand? That, oh, I'm going to be a part of ministry. Like, can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about that story? Yeah. So I'll I'll give you cliff notes. Um, if you <laughs> no. would have asked me, <laughs> if you would asked me <laughs> ten years ago if I'd been in ministry, I would have laughed at you. So um, going back to when I was sixteen. Um, and when, you know, when I started uh, following Jesus, man, I was, I was committed. I was, I was going to church, you know, I was reading scripture. I was asking questions to the pastors at the church. Um, you know, all these things, I was just like trying to eat it up as much as possible. And I had a ton of people that, was, you know, they started joking. They're like, oh, that's Pastor Derek. That's Pastor Derek. That's, that's the Rev. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I was like, be quiet. Right? Like I had, I had no desire for that at all. Um, and then I ended up going to a Bible college. So I played, I played basketball there. Um, and I, my plan was to only be there for one year um, mm. and, and transfer out. And my, my basketball coach, who was a believer, um, man, he just kind of challenged me. He's like, man, I really do think it could be good for you to uh, uh, go to a Bible college for your first year. Because uh, he, I mean, going back to what I said, right, there was, there was still a little dibble and dabble that I, was, I would run back to. And he he knew that, um, and so he would he would call me out on it, challenge me, and so, man, I think I think it might be a good idea for you to go to a Bible college. You need to get get around some wholesome girls. You need to stop playing around. Go to this college, and 
And I, I got there and I tore my ACL. And so my plan to transfer didn't happen. Oh, um, year, year two, I was going to transfer out, tore my ACL again. Um, mm. And a guy who, who discipled me in college, um, a professor there, he's like, he said, man, do you think maybe God is like trying to get your attention that what you want isn't what he wants for you? Mm. Uh, and that was like the first time where I just sat, sat back. I was like, huh. Um, and man, I, I changed my degree. It was physical education. Um, I changed it to Bible. I minored in counseling. And I was like, if I'm going to be here at this Bible college, I might as well soak up all as much information as possible, not knowing what God was doing in the midst of that, right? So mm-hmm. fast forward three years after that, um, by this time I'm married, I'm working at, uh, at BB&T, I'm working at a bank. And uh, I'm just, I'm serving faithfully at the church. I'm loving it. Uh, and man, God just started gripping my heart about ministry. Uh, and at that time, I really didn't know what I like. Again, I was working at the bank and I enjoyed working there, but I didn't see myself being there forever. Um, and I just started talking to, like I said, that, uh, that guy who discipled me, started talking to a couple of the mentors, started talking to my wife. Uh, and I was like, man, I think I might be calling, calling me into ministry. Uh, and even though she was like, she was like, nah, he ain't doing that. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. But I, but I, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it. Um, and so I went and spoke to our lead pastor at the church. And I was like, man, I feel like, like, what does it look like to be called into ministry? And he was like, well, like, all of life is ministry, Derek. Like, and I, was like, I said, yo, okay, cool. Like, I'm sharing the gospel at, at my job. Like, you know, I was like, but as I'm doing that, I was like, man, I want to do that all the time. And he was like, boom, there it is. He was like, he said, he said, man, like, we have been waiting for you to come to a realization that this is what God is calling you to. Um, we've known for a while. And I was like, well, snap. I wish someone would have told me, like, months ago so I wasn't wasting my time um and so man we had I ended up coming on on staff there at that church um and it was so it was a church plant um and I was in student ministry there um and I loved every second of it walking with people discipling you know these these teenagers preparing sermons like all these things I was like I said yo like this is fun and I as soon as that like those things started happening Man, I told Rachel, my wife, I was like, man, I really feel like God is like calling us like this is lifelong for us. And not only that, I oh, mean, I think he might be leading us to plant a church. Uh, no, no time soon, but eventually. And uh, again, Rachel was like, nah, I don't think so. Uh, but I was like, I said, you know, hey, you know, wisdom is personified as a woman in scripture. I'm going, we're going to walk in faith with what you say. And we just kind of, we just kind of left it alone. <laughs> Um, but man, more and more, we, like I said, just couldn't, couldn't shake it. We started having more and more conversations with people. Um, and then, like I said, fast forward from that, uh, to about two years ago, uh, three years ago now, um, where we, it was pretty clear. God made it clear to us that we were going to be planting the church. We didn't know where, we didn't know how we were going to go about doing it. Um, but we knew that that's the direction that he was calling us to do, uh, calling us to go. And so uh, that's a long answer. I tried to give you cliff notes, but clearly I'm not good at yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but that was a, a long way to say, um, man, for, for us, we cannot see ourselves doing anything else at this point. Um, you know, could, could I go back to being a banker? Yeah, I've got the personality for it. You know, could I, you know, go get a business degree or something like that? Yes. And could I be faithful 
um, and still uh, sharing Jesus in those spheres. Yes, like because that's what I'm, you know, pastoring our people to do, equipping the saints for the work of ministry in the context of, you know, their their local context. Um, and so, yeah, I could do all those things, um, but man, we just it's clear God has just wired us differently uh, to to walk with people, to to teach, to look at Scripture in a different way, and communicate it in a way that's clear, it's helpful. Um, it's like, man, I I think this is the only way that the only thing that I could do right now. Um, and so we're going to do it and we're going to be faithful to it until God says, all right, you're done. Give it up to somebody else. Uh, and then we're just going to be faithful to the next thing that he calls us to. That's beautiful. I know that when all this COVID stuff is over, Ryan and I would love to come visit you and Rachel. Oh, yeah. Come through. Yes. <laughs> come come yeah. through. We would, we would love it. I'm telling you, anyway, I got to get some of that hot chicken up there. I, I was telling you earlier, I got to get some of that Nashville hot chicken. I've been waiting yeah, on got you. <laughs> hey, I got to get it. Got to get it. And this is a this is a foodie town too, man. So whenever you guys come through, listen, hot chicken on me. I got you. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> well, one of the last questions that we like to ask is, if you could tell your younger self one thing, or just our listeners that are listening right now, just a word of encouragement, what would that be? Yeah, God's not done. God's not done. Um, I think often, uh, you know, our circumstances, we allow circumstances to get the best of us, um, the lows of life. Um, and, you know, we kind of question, man, what, what's happening here, right? This whole year has been that question. Why? What's going on? Uh, why are we walking through this? Um, man, and I would say that God, God isn't done. You know, when I, when I came to 16, um, I wasn't. You know, I, I would say I was at a pretty low point um, in life. Um, you know, I had a uh, had a couple of schools uh, stop looking at me for basketball. Uh, there was a girl I was talking to who you know broke up with me. You know, all the all the high school drama stuff, right? So I was in a, was in a pretty low spot, um, and that led me to find uh, security and joy in a lot of things that just let me down. Um, and it's, man, was in that, that, that pursuit of those things that I realized that, man, God wasn't done. God wasn't done. And so that's what I would say to like my younger self, right? Um, because it took X amount of years to get to the point and looking back is like, oh man, that's what God was doing that. Right. right. Um, that it's, it's, it's going through those seasons just like, all right, like God is, God is writing a story that I, I now have an opportunity to be a part of. Uh, with my flaws, my brokenness, my, my highs and lows, everything in between, um, to knit my story with his, uh, which is the redemption of, of Jesus Christ for those that would trust in him. And so I would say for those listening, man, like God's not done with you. Um, whatever you're going through, uh, that that low where you feel like you may be forgotten, um, where you've you've gotten to that point where you're like, I did that again. Um, that, that spot right there is where God is trying to put his finger on and say, this is why you need me. This is why I had to die for you. This is why I'm pursuing you. Um, man, it's in that, that you can embrace that truth for yourself and run to him because he's not done with you. He's not done with you. And then when he's embracing you, when you're in trajectory that he sets you on, it may not be what you want it to be. Um, and there's still going to be some lows in it too. Uh, but it shows that in the midst of it, man, that our hope isn't in our circumstances. Our hope is in this God that loves us. So that's what I would say. 
And I love how you went back to your story points to his story. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is just to point people to the message of the cross through our stories. Yeah. And if you want to know more about the message of the cross, uh, we'll have links in the description below. Um, So that way you can take those next steps to seeing how you want to build that relationship with Jesus. We really appreciate you, Derek. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you, Derek, man. We appreciate no it. And problem. if you're in Nashville, if you're in Nashville, please stop by uh, Proclamation Church. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. Pro- and uh, Proclamation Church. We're on social media. Uh, got email, all that stuff. We got a website, proclamationtn.com. I'll listen. I'll, I'll, I'll market myself. You guys don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, uh, but yeah, we, we got all that. We would love love to see people come through and like I, yeah thank you guys for having me like i said at the beginning um it definitely is a pleasure to meet you all and uh i'm looking forward to our, to our past crossing in person uh sometime in the near future definitely thanks for listening guys we love you peace <laughs>